In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Some of us are still celebrating the, the grand dispensation from last Friday um, in the Archdiocese of Washington of the Diocese of Arlington. The feast of, or the commemoration of St. Patrick is in Ireland a holy day of obligation and a solemnity. So um, we were dispensed from the Friday observance this past week. Um, it always reminds me of the, the great penitential pilgrimages that people make in Ireland in honor of St. Patrick. The um, walk up Crowpatrick, the mountain just south of the town of Westport overlooking the Atlantic Ocean, which many people do barefoot over the broken rocks and the boulders, uh, especially on Reek Sunday, on the last Sunday of July. But there are those who even do the, the, the way of St. Patrick or the Tower Porig, which begins 22 miles away at Ballantubber Abbey. Um, and they walk across cow pastures and fields and um, some roads, but mostly, mostly paths and farmland. Um, and then at the end of those 22 miles, go up Crowpatrick. Along the way, because it's not a road and it's not really a path, it's just um, uh, a route that is traveled just enough that there are some spots where the grass is worn thin, but every so often there is a wooden post. And the post has, a, has an emblem on it, indicative of the Torah Porig. And many of the signs, every so often, there's an extra message underneath the, the emblem of the way of St. Patrick, and it just has two words on it. No whining. But whining comes very naturally to us. It doesn't take more than two inches of snow or three inches of snow, and all of a sudden we're complaining. The birds, especially the crows, they complain beforehand because they know it's coming. They can feel the air pressure drop. And so they'll cluster up in the tops of the trees here at the top of the hill the day before the storm. And, and they congregate, obviously, quite deliberately. And then they fly to wherever they need to go before the storm hits. Human beings, on the other hand, we crow after the storm. And it's, it's already done, and it's, it's already over. And then we're really complaining, as though something really bad even had happened. As though it's a, it's a great hardship to go get that warm sweater, or that warm coat, or those warm gloves that are in our possession, and waiting most of the year, unused, just for moments like this. We complain about that. It, it, we don't sound like the species to whom God entrusted stewardship of all of creation. Granted, for some, it's, a, it's dangerous, right? Some people lose their power. Some people are prevented from getting to the hospital. Older people need help making sure that their, their sidewalk, their driveway is safe. When I was growing up, it was not too long ago, it was fairly normal 
You, you, you shovel your driveway, and then you shovel the neighbors. You, may, you might hold your hand out afterwards and ask for a tip. But nowadays, people have to pay their own kids to shovel their own driveway. It was, it was a, a first uh, at the, with this last storm on Tuesday. Some young parishioners actually contacted me and asked me if they could shovel snow here at the church. And my first question was, how much are you charging? But they, they, they actually were, they were old school. They, they were going to do it for free. They just wanted a blessing. So they got a blessing. They got a thermos of hot chocolate. I offered mass for them. Afterwards, their, their parents came over for the mass. It was beautiful. So when things like that hit, instead of complaining or whining, our first, our first thought should be, who's actually in, who's in danger because of this? Who needs my help? But instead, we look at ourselves, we complain, we're inconvenienced, we're troubled. In contrast, how does the psalmist describe the birds? At the communion antiphon, we'll hear these words, as we've heard for a great long time. Paser invenit sibi domum et tuas hornidum ubi reponat pulos suos. So the, the paser invenit sibi domum, the sparrow finds its own home, finds it itself. It's not complaining, it's not chirping, it's, it's not put out that it has to live outside all of its life. Even when, perhaps when we hear these words about the birds of the air, you know, being adorned or fed or cared for, we think it's nice and lovely and sweet. Think for a moment about the life of a sparrow. They're, they are always in danger. Their, their, their young are, are at risk of being eaten by larger birds or snakes or just simply falling out of the nest and dying. They have to hunt for food. They have to hunt for living organisms to eat all the time. And they're usually covered in dirt. The sparrow is a, in, in this instance, don't think of it as just something, oh, just cute and lovely. It's like a little ornament. No, it's, it's, it's so low on the totem pole. But it takes care of itself. God's given us the resources to find what it needs. It doesn't require human beings to come take care of it. Et tortur nidum. Ubi reponat pulosuos. It's not really, um, not really swallows exactly. Um, they're more wood doves that are uh, indigenous to the sub-Saharan African continent. And we complain. At the same time, our, our collect 
proclaims that we are making a vota humilium. We are making a confession of our humble circumstance, a confession of our humility. We're not confessing that we're, we're weaklings in the face of freezing temperatures. Now, what is it that really finds us weak and in danger? In the face of sin and evil and temptation. In the face of our being able to undo ourselves with our vanity, our pride, our laziness, our greed. Yes, we are in a humble state, but we don't, typically we're not even thinking about that. We're thinking about the, the less than totally perfect circumstances of our physical state. And so like the sparrow who can find its own home, who can find the place where it will be safe, okay, where, where do we go? What do we do? Altaria tua, to your altars. Domine virtutum, Lord of armies, Lord of power. Rex meus, my king, deus meus, my God. Beati qui habitant. In domo tua. The blessed who dwell in your house in secula, in seculum secula will praise you forever. God has established his house. And he helps us find it. He doesn't even make it a a scavenger hunt. He doesn't make it difficult. He helps us find the place where we're safe through the preaching of the gospel, through missionaries, through us. First and foremost, for Christ coming into the world and proclaiming to us this new covenant, finding us, suffering our condition, enduring our trials, but we have to decide to go and dwell in his house. Our eyes then need to be fixed on him, not on our own condition. When trouble strikes, when worry hits, we, we can't immediately think first about how, what, what trouble this causes me in my comfortable life. How, how does this, what is being demanded of me by God in this circumstance? How do I serve him? Whom do I, whom do I assist? Our eyes being fixed on God is a very important part of these prayers today, from the intuit to the gradual. Here, instead of coming from Psalm 83 in the Vulgate, from Psalm 24. My eyes are ever towards the Lord. Perhaps when you were young, you were like me, or maybe you're still young, and you're still like I was. When you walk up the stairs, 
You got to look at your feet, right? You're worried about missing a step. You're worried about tripping and falling. So when you learn how to walk up the steps, you're always looking down. I remember as a kid thinking to myself, I don't know how old I was, three or four or 15, hopefully closer to four, when am I going to be able to go up the stairs and look up? When, I gonna, when am I going to be able to go down the stairs and not worry about where my feet are going to land? And then very clearly, sometimes it even strikes me as um, so different from how we begin to walk. Even in the pitch black at nighttime when no lights are on, we can still go up the stairs, don't need to hold the railing. It's an important step forward because if we're always looking down at our feet, eventually we'll bump into something or we'll fall in a pit. It's the Lord who keeps our feet from the snares when we keep our eyes where? Not down at our feet, but up towards him. Right? Like the eyes of a servant are on the hands of her mistress. So our eyes are always fixed on the, on the Lord. We're not worried about ourselves. We're not complaining. We're not whining. We're worried about more important things, our salvation and the salvation of others. And where do we, guide, where do we receive guidance? Who comes to our assistance? Who makes it possible? Who is the way and the truth and the life? The Lord. So the next time you see a little bird just chirping away, don't think of it having just such a ridiculously easy life. Be reminded of the glorious creature you were made to be and the real pitfalls that are causing us to be humbled before the Lord and the real need we have for the strength of his right hand. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.